Welcome to the College Investor Audio Show, where we talk about the biggest issues impacting millennial money, from student loan debt to side hustles to building wealth. We will show you how to get out of debt so that you can build real wealth for the future. Infinite banking. Well, that sounds fun. Today, we talk about understanding what infinite banking is, and also, does it really make sense for you? So if you've spent any amount of time on investing forums or even subreddits, you've probably come across the term infinite banking or banking on yourself. The term comes from Nelson Nash, who was an economist that aligned with the Austrian School of Economics. Those Keynesians are dumb, right? Come on. Nash's theoretical leanings certainly influenced the concept of infinite banking, but regardless of your economic ideals, it's important to ask the question if infinite banking is for me. In today's podcast, we'll explain the basic concepts behind infinite banking and explain why the concept is probably not the best way to build wealth for the average or even slightly above average person. Plus, we'll give you some of the big red flags to look out for, especially if someone is pitching you hard on this concept. What is infinite banking? All right, so if you've ever heard a pitch for a whole life insurance policy, one of the strong selling points for the product is that policyholders can borrow against the actual cash value of the life insurance policy. If you need to pay for an emergency ring, a child's university bill, or a new car, you can borrow against your policy. According to Nash, an individual who has enough money in whole life insurance policies can continually borrow from himself using the policy as collateral. So under this setup, you would theoretically never borrow money from a bank again. Instead, you would borrow from yourself and pay yourself back over time. This is the concept of becoming your own bank. Infinite, the infinite part of infinite banking, refers to the whole life insurance payout when you die. Since whole life insurance policies always pay out, as long as the premiums are paid, of course, a person can continue to borrow against their insurance policy throughout their life. Upon their death, the payout from the insurance policy can go to the beneficiary and allow them to bank on themselves. This could create something like a family bank, where now your beneficiaries, typically your kids, can set up the same thing for themselves. Practically speaking, what is needed to make infinite banking actually work? In general, infinite banking works best when the person banking on themselves has extremely strong cash flow. Whole life insurance policies can cost several hundred dollars per month, between 5 to 15 times as much as term life insurance. On top of that, building cash value in the policies can take at least a few years. So a person has to be committed to infinite banking for it to work. One of the big things here is to try to super fund the cash value as much as you can without tripping up the IRS rules around modified endowment contracts, MEC. Another precondition for infinite banking is a high-yield environment. Most whole life insurance policies invest in conservative investments, such as corporate and government bonds. Right now, these investments trail inflation, which means that policyholders are actually losing cash value relative to inflation. The big downside. This is expensive. The idea of having this fund that you can tap at any time sounds appealing. I know, it does but there are always downsides. Insurance companies aren't offering these policies out of the kindness of their heart. They're offering these policies to make money, and that profit will come from you. 
It's important to compare infinite banking and whole life insurance to their alternatives. The alternative here being using a traditional bank to save and borrow if needed and an investment firm to invest. When you have a whole life policy, you have the following expense considerations. A well-structured whole life policy's cash value doesn't even start to break even for five to seven years. A lot of policies aren't well-structured and you might never break even. Agent commissions on these policies create a real incentive for insurance salespeople to sell whole life policies that aren't always in the customer's best interest. What? If you plan to borrow from your policy's cash balance, it's still a loan with rates ranging from 4 to 8% on average. You don't get free access to your cash balance. So if you don't believe me, let's run some numbers, shall we? Remember, each policy is different and you have to look at the underlying math. One of our listeners and readers shared his seven-year-old guaranteed whole life insurance policy with us. It was issued in June of 2012. The reader is 40, male, healthy, got the policy at 33 when he was probably even healthier. It's a guaranteed whole life policy until age 99. It has a current death benefit of $1,551,262 with a current face value of $1,549,562. The monthly premium is $1,982.72. Phew! This reader has been paying his policy for 79 months, so he's paid a total of $156,634 for this policy. Guess what the current cash value is? Just 88,459 bucks. That's almost a negative 40% return in the last seven years. But remember, if we're looking at this through the lens of infinite banking, you're getting life insurance and a bank account, see? If you want to separate the two, he has $88,459 in investments cash value and paid $68,175 for a $1.5 million insurance policy. Any way you slice it, this is actually bad. If you wanted to get a $1.5 million term life policy, this reader would probably pay about $115 a month, in a worst case. So, in the same 79 months he's had the policy, he could have had the same coverage for just $9,085. That's a $59,090 difference. You can get a quote right now from the best online term life insurance companies at thecollegeinvestor.com. I'm also assuming that he got a 0% return on his investments because if you start changing the math on the life insurance portion, the return goes negative very quickly. And remember, we're talking about the stock market from 2012 to 2019, which was one of the longest bull markets in history. So this reader is getting a 0% return at best, likely negative though, and that's just wrong. Also, if you wanted to tap your cash value, you're still going to be paying interest on your loan. And if you're in a financial position to fund a life insurance policy like this, you're also probably in a financial position to get the best loan rates available. This is just an example of a poorly structured whole life insurance policy, but I think it illustrates what can happen At any time, you spend a lot of money on insurance and you don't get the benefits promised 
by this sales dude. Person. So, let's compare the alternatives. Remember, we're looking at two things here, life insurance and banking. If you want to look at just getting life insurance, we recommend term life insurance. The goal of life insurance is simply to protect your family if you die and they lose your income. A good 20 or 30 year term should work for most. By the time you're 65, you shouldn't have people relying on your income. Your kids should be grown and you should have your own retirement savings. If you want lifetime protection though, look at guaranteed universal life before a whole life policy. It's more expensive than term, but less expensive than whole. In our situation we talked about earlier, our reader would pay just 115 bucks a month for 1.5 million in term life insurance. That's a worst case. In a best case, this could be a right around 40 bucks a month. Compare that to his current whole life insurance premium of $1,982.72. You would save $1,867 per month not doing this. That's $22,404 per year. Remember, this cash reader's value after seven years is just $88,459. If you didn't do anything but save the difference in premiums, you'd have that same amount saved in less than four years. In seven years, assuming 0% interest, you'd have saved $156,828. Boom! That's just the difference in premiums. And remember, you can get 2 plus percent in high-yield savings accounts right now. If you wanted to borrow money, if you can afford to spend two grand on insurance, you probably are a highly qualified borrower and can get some top-tier rates, maybe even better than what your insurance company would charge to you from your whole life policy. Okay, so finally, a big argument for these policies is that they are safe, forced savings. It's the argument that you won't save for yourself and you won't invest the difference and that you'll need this cash value in the future. Well, if you're speaking to someone to set up this type of arrangement, you're also probably savvy enough to save on your own. And you're also probably savvy enough to speak to a financial planner that can help you properly set up your retirement. So should the average person pursue infinite banking or not? Yeah, I know at first blush, infinite banking sounds like a somewhat inefficient way to save money first and then spend it. In fact, until you have very strong cash flow, that's exactly what it is. If you want to bank on yourself and escape the tyranny of modern banking, an easy way to do it is to save by earning more and spending less than you earn. That's more of the Austrian economics way, if you ask me. That way, when you need to make a big purchase, you'll have the cash you need to do it. That said, for the mega high income, mega wealthy person, infinite banking could make some sense. Whole life insurance policies have certain advantages, cannot be garnished in a lawsuit, for example, and could make sense for estate planning purposes if you're looking at estate tax liability. The ability to draw down the cash value for investment or consumption is basically just an added benefit. If you're mega wealthy, 10 million plus in liquid assets, ask your advisor about infinite banking. If you're not, skip it and work on saving cash for your next purchase and making long-term investments. 
If you want to dive deeper, find out more. TheCollegeInvestor.com is where you need to go. We have term life insurance online companies. We've reviewed, we've vetted. They're good and they can help you to protect yourself and your family in case of an untimely death. Thanks so much for stopping by today. I hope it was helpful and we'll talk to you again real soon.